problem there. But we thank the Lord and we give him all the praise. And I just want to begin by saying to you as a church, thank you for being a pillar in this community. Uh, I'm excited for uh, what God's doing in your midst. Uh, I see your pastor on occasion at the pastor's breakfast here in Smithville. And every so often, Brother Jimmy and I will stop by and visit. And uh, we're hearing so many great things, new classes and just new seasons and different things. And and God is good. How many are thankful that God is good? And uh, we give him praise for that. I want to invite you, if you have your Bible, to turn to the book of Colossians this morning. Colossians chapter 3. It was such a joy to sit in Sunday school this morning with one of your new classes. And, and uh, wow, what a powerful time in the Word of God. Uh, so rich and so uh, just unbelievably uh, we're so thankful, uh, just how God speaks to our hearts. And uh, he's already spoken today, hasn't he? And uh, it just gets better and better each and every time. And as I was thinking about this, the title of this message is The Transforming Power of the Word of God. The Transforming Power of the Word of God. How many know God's Word changes our life? And every single day, just when you think God's taking you to a place in your life where it can't get any better, how many know he makes it better? He makes it better. His mercies are new every morning. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. And I'm so thankful for that this morning. And, you know, I think if we were to ask folks and we see the condition of our nation and our world today, we would probably say we need revival in this nation. We need God to do a mighty work in this nation to bring people to the foot of the cross so that they can have new life. But you know, when we say, and when I say, we need revival, we need a mighty move of God in our midst, in our nation, I think I need to ask a question. Lord, what do you require of us? How many know that revival is only going to come through his church? It's going to come through his people because the Lord won't do anything through us that he isn't first doing in us. I mean, it begins in my heart. The work of God begins within me. And as he works in my life, it flows through and touches the people that he brings in my life. And so really, it's, it's more than just saying, Lord, what do you require of us? But Lord, what do you require of me? How can I be a part to bring a great work in the community and in the, the, the surrounding area. How many know that we want to reach this community for Jesus Christ? Um, we're members of a church not too far down the road, as you know, Upper Helton down in Alexandria. And our prayer for that community is to seek people come to Jesus. Just as much as you all want to see people come to Jesus in this community, we're on the same team. We're fighting the same battle. And we serve the same God who's all-powerful. And we thank Him for that today. See, the world is dark and evil, and there are scores of people who need Jesus everywhere we go, everywhere we go. And it's not based upon age. It's from the children's children to the adults to senior, every age group. There are people that need Jesus, and God has a plan for each one of us to use us for his greater purposes. And so if you would stand with me to honor the reading of God's word, if you're able to, I'm going to be reading, as I said, from Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to begin with verse 12 and read down through verse 17. And this is what God's word says. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, 
kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's ask the Lord to bless his word this morning. Father, we come before you humbly, Lord. We know, Lord, that we are unworthy. But Lord, you make us worthy through the shed blood of Jesus Christ as we've been singing this morning already. Lord, we we thank you for your word. We approach your word today as a people who need to hear from you and you alone. Lord, we dedicate this time to you. We yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts, to plant and nestle the Word of God into our hearts, into our mind, so that as we live each day, we would put you first and follow you and do your will. Lord, we thank you. May you speak. May you lead us and guide us. If there's anyone here today that doesn't know you personally, I pray your Spirit would draw them And they'd come to know Jesus and be free forevermore. We give you the praise and the glory. Bless this body of believers. Bless their pastor, Lord, as he's away today. We thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You're welcome to be seated this morning. And just going to pull a few things out of these verses. And you know, as we read, we began in verse 12. But I'm going to begin in verse 14 because... Actually, everything that we read of in verse 12 is hinged really on what verse 14 says. It says, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. How many know that everything the Lord calls us to do is based in his love? His love, his unconditional love. You know, the world has a definition of love that's not accurate. God's definition of love, the reason why God's love is so good is because God is love, as the Bible teaches us. And so when you open your heart and you and you receive his love as it is poured into your life, remember what we said, he won't do anything through us that he's not first doing in us. So he pours his love into our life and it changes us, it transforms us. And as he transforms us, he uses us to touch others. See, there's transforming power in the Word of God. So it's so important for us as Christians to plant the Word of God in our hearts each and every day, day in and day out. How many never get tired of God's Word? I'm never tired of His Word. You know, you can read a verse of Scripture and maybe you've read it for many years. And every single day, it's fresh. It's as if you've never read it before almost sometimes. It's so fresh and so new and so powerful, and it transforms us. So the first thing we want to look at today is that it begins with love. It says, above all these things, above all these things, 
to put on love, his sincere love. You know, Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40 says this, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. Can I tell you something? That if you love God and you love your neighbor with an everlasting love, I mean, you know, as Jesus said, you've kept the law because if you truly love people, you're not going to steal from them. You're not going to mistreat them. You're not going to misuse them because God's love was demonstrated in your life and his love is so overwhelmingly powerful that it changes us and it transforms us and it causes us to want to please him by loving people. And it doesn't matter a person's background. It doesn't matter what their past is about. It, it doesn't matter. Every single person on this earth is welcome at the foot of the cross. Every single person on this earth, no matter who they are, no matter what family they grew up in, if their families tore apart, they are welcome to come to the foot of the cross and surrender and be transformed by the word of God. I'm so thankful for that this morning. It all begins with love. You know, it was, we read here in, in Colossians 3, we can't really do the things listed in verses 12 and 13 without love. But let me just read one other uh, couple verses that we are familiar with. You know, the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 3. I just wanted to touch on those. It says this, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gifts of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but not have love, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. And you can go on through that whole chapter. It says, uh, uh, but of these, it says, faith, hope, and love abide. But the greatest of these is love. The love of God. Think about what God's love has done in your life. Think about his love and his, his power. See, let me tell you something. God's unconditional love is seasoned with truth and decency and order. God loves us so much, he tells us the truth. Aren't you thankful for that today? Aren't you thankful that God shares his truth? You know why it's easy for God to share truth? It's easy to receive God's love because God is love. And it's easy to receive his truth because Jesus said it himself. You know the scripture, I am the way and the truth and the life. Christ personified, truth personified. Jesus came in love and truth. And when he tells us the truth, it's for our good. We talked about it in our Sunday school class this morning. Sometimes as the prophets wrote, some of the things they had to say to their own people were hard things to say. But they had power in the word of God. That's the most powerful word. How many are thankful for God's word? I'm thankful for when God's word grabs me, kind of as you'd say by the shirt collar, and says, listen to this. 
You're on the wrong path on this thing. You need to redirect and get back on my path. Sometimes my flesh gets in the way. We all struggle at times, don't we? But the Lord helps us by his truth. He disciplines those that he loves. I'm thankful for God's discipline. Aren't you? I'm thankful for his discipline. In a world where we live, where people are wanting to promote a message of let's not talk about sin or let's not admit our guilt. How many know that when you come before Christ, as our brother shared in Sunday school this morning, and you say, Lord, I failed you. I made a mess of this and I need your help. I need a savior. I need to be washed clean. I need to be set free. I need to be put back on your path. Let me know the Lord listens to our prayers. The greatest prayer I've said before, and I'll say it again, the greatest prayer in the scripture that I find is, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. That man cried out and the Lord heard him and, and rescued. And so I'm thankful for that today. See, here's the thing about it. If we try to soften God's word, if we try to twist the word of God, it's no longer love. How I many know if we, if we take any uh, portion of the Word of God and we try to twist it or, or try to soften it or try to make it say something that it's really not saying, that's, that's not love. That removes love from Scripture. And we have to be careful today that we soak in what God is saying to us. And, and, and we can't be people who are uh, just focused on, on tolerance and, and all these things and the major issues of our day. We as Christians have the responsibility to speak truth in a dark and evil world today. No matter how hard it seems to be. In love. And how many know that, that you know, I, I think back to uh, my parents and and, and God gave me great parents. My dad's gone home to be with the Lord. My mother's 89 years old, lives up in Iowa, and I talk to her every week. But I never liked it. My dad was a bivocational pastor. He pastored a church and sold real estate when I was growing up. I never liked it when she said, just wait till your dad gets home. <laughs> I didn't like that. But can I tell you, the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say, I'm so thankful today for those days when Dad came home and had enough character and love and the Word of God in him to want what was best for me. And he didn't want me to stray off because my dad had addictions in his early life. He was a World War II vet and he was an alcoholic. And one day God set him free, miraculously, before I was born. But I've heard that testimony so many times. I won't go into the whole long story, but I heard his testimony many times. It came up in his preaching all the time. And God set him free. And I'm so thankful for that today. And on his deathbed, he said, he goes, I don't want you to follow what I did. <laughs> it's not the right path. He urged me, and he actually commanded me. <laughs> As a dad, you better follow Jesus. He'd say to me and my brothers and sister, he said, you're not going to live any other way. He said, I walked down that road and I'm not, and, you know, as we said in our class this morning, those that have been down that road, they can spot things that other people can't spot. But aren't you thankful that Jesus puts people in our lives that want what's best for us? Whether it's a parent, whether it's an uncle or an aunt or someone from church, Sunday school teacher. God knows exactly what we need, exactly when we need it. And he's doing all these things because 
of his love. And I'm so thankful for that this morning. See, let me just say that the devil is deceptive and he will misconstrue love and he'll, he'll cause people to want to kind of shy away from the truth of God's word, but there's nothing better and it's what we need. See, the power of God will impact lost people when God's people wholeheartedly conform to his word. How many know that when we conform to the word of God, that's when lost people are going to be impacted the most because they will see what God's word is doing in your life. A lot of times they see it when you don't even recognize it. You don't even realize it. And I love it when God does that. And so here's what we read in, verse, uh, in chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. The Bible tells us here, as a result of love, above all things, it says in verse 14, to put on love. And so here are the things that take place in our life when the love of God is a priority and, and has first place. We'll put on tender mercies. How many know we live in an impatient world? Road rage. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time in a lot of these arenas, but we know. I mean, the Lord tells us if we're transformed by his word and we've allowed him to pour in his love, we're going to be a people of tender mercies, the Bible tells us. How many know that kindness, that's a powerful word. You know, we overlook that sometime, one of the fruits of the Spirit. How many know that humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. It says, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you almost also must do. Aren't you thankful that we serve a God who doesn't just tell us what we need to do, but he's actually come and he's been an example for us. He did everything that he requires us to do so he could show us. I'm so thankful for that. I am so thankful that we have a Savior that we can see his example. And we read through scripture and we see every single thing he did while he was on this earth was because he loved us, including going to the cross, taking the nails, dying, being buried, and rising again on that third day. Everything he did is based and steeped in his love. And I'm so thankful and I want to say to you today that if you want to be effective in sharing the word of God, if you want to be more effective in sharing the gospel in your life, let these attributes that we just read, the attributes of Jesus, be evident in your daily life. See, this is what leads to revival in the church. It begins with prayer. It begins with coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, and, and you have a burden for people. How many you know that God will give you a burden for people? I believe you have a burden for people in this church. And God's going to meet you there. Why? Because God has a burden for people. That's why Jesus came. He came for people. He came for us. And if we haven't developed that burden for people, the Lord's going to do great and mighty things. And so it's so important for us to understand that. See, revival is for the church. Revival, to revive something is to bring something back to life. And evangelism is for the lost. And so through revival in the church, God will bring evangelism through us and bring the lost to come to know him. I'm so thankful for that today. How many want to be a part of what God's already doing as our sister shared in Sunday school? That's a great foundation to stand on this morning. The second thing I wanted to uh, touch on is this. As it tells us in verse 
15, it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. It's so important for us to let the peace of Christ rule. You know that when something rules, it has full authority in our life. We're going to have things that come across our path in life that challenge us. We're going to have things that come across our path that we can't explain. We're going to have battles in our life. But how many know that if you have determined in your heart, because you know that God loves you, and because you've planted his word in your life, that you have full access to the peace of God that passes understanding. And if you embrace the peace of God, and you say, okay, Lord, your peace rules in my life. And if you come and, and you look at your problems through that lens, say the peace of God rules in my life. Now, if I were to just handle this in my own natural strength, this would be terrifying. This would scare me. But because the peace of God rules in my life, because I'm in the boat with the master of the wind, I have nothing to fear because he rules. And even though I don't understand, and even though there'll be painful situations, and even though there'll be challenges, God has his best interests in mind for me at all times. How many know the, the times we go through the valley are the times we really draw close to the Lord? And the valley prepares us for the next mountaintop, and the next mountaintop prepares us for the next valley, and on and on and on it goes. And as we stand firmly on his word, the peace of God that's the source of his peace because we can stand on his scripture. We can take a verse of scripture and we can apply it to a situation. How many know that God's word applies to everything in our life? And I'm so thankful that God does help us in our time. So I want to challenge you today. If you're going through a challenge in your life, let the peace, I'm not just saying this lightly. I'm saying this with full authority and I'm saying this through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let the peace of God rule in your life, in your heart. Let him rule. I mean, no, we have to let him. God is supreme. He's all, he has all authority. But how many know he's given us a free will? And sometimes we like to take the reins back. We'll give something to the Lord. And we say, oh, Lord, it's taking too long. Let me have that back. How many know that God has perfect timing? Or, Lord, it's not working out quite the way I want it to. You better give that back to me. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. You'll come to a place in your Christian life where he'll say to you, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. You know, something we could try doing in a, a lifetime will never match what God can do in an instant if we'll just turn it over to him with all of our heart. The next thing is this, to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. We know that the Word of God is active and living, living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And the Bible tells us here, let the Word of God dwell in you richly. When you say richly, you're talking, I want the Word of God to be effective in my life and through my life. I want to be a, a soldier of the cross. You know, we all cross paths with people. And there might be people in your life and I have people in my life, and I have had people. I pastored in Iowa for 20 years and met lots of people. We're in an inner city kind of a neighborhood. And you've met people who will say, I don't believe in God. I don't believe this whole thing about the Bible. 
Well, can I tell you today that I really believe that they can't deny the power of the Word of God, the transforming power, if it's flowing in your life and changing you each and every day. We're a living testament to the people around us. We're a living testament to the people around us. Now, I don't say that to put pressure on you. We just have to stay surrendered. It's God who does the work. It's the Lord who changes us. It's the Lord who uses us. It's the Lord who equips us for every good work. And so the Lord uses us in all these things. And so we're a living testament. And we want to say, Lord, help me. Each day, we're given a new day with opportunities, filled with opportunities. And I want the word of Christ to dwell in me richly to the degree that God uses me and that I'm not so focused on what I have going on, but I'm focused on what God has going on. And you know, when we focus on what God has going on, he tends to help us with what we have going on a lot more. And we feel so much more accomplished and we feel so much more at peace because the word of God is dwelling in us richly it's so important for us to understand that. Too. And it goes on here, it says to dwell richly in all wisdom so that we can teach and admonish one another, helping one another grow, warning one another. I mean, if we're planting the word of God, we're going to learn as we come together for Sunday school, as we have conversations, as we speak with other body, uh, believers that we are uh, connected with, God will use us as we plant the word. Another thing I love about it, when the word of God dwells in us richly, when we come to hear God's word preached, as Brother Joel serves you so well and shepherds this flock on Wednesday nights in Sunday school and opportunities and VBS and all these things, if the word of God is dwelling in you richly, as you come to hear the word preached, it's going to confirm what God's already planted in your heart. Because we're feeding. How many know we feed on Christ every day? It's not just a Sunday to Sunday thing. It's a everyday feeding. As you can tell, I don't just eat one day a week. I probably need to walk more than I should or do. But how many know that we need to feed on Christ? I don't care how long you've served the Lord. We need to be nourished by his word. Maybe you grew up in a Christian home. Maybe you got saved as a child. You still need to be nourished by his word. You may be a new believer. You may be someone who's not yet a believer. I'm going to tell you something. Don't go through another day of your life without letting the word of God dwell in you richly through a relationship with Jesus. I'm very thankful that you've surrendered to him. You'll never turn back he never lets us, makes us to regret it. The next thing quickly is this. In verse uh, 17, do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. The Bible tells us here that everything we do should be done through Christ. You know what that teaches us is that it has his hand of approval upon it. If I'm doing something in the name of Jesus, it means I'm doing things that he has led me to do, things that he's brought into my life. It's not my own thing. I mean, we shouldn't just create our own thing and bring it to before the Lord and say, okay, Lord, here's what I think the plan should be. I mean, the Lord gives us his plan. And he gives us his plan in such a way, and he uses us in such a way that it will connect with our talents and it'll connect with people we're connected with. God has so many perfect plans. He puts it together. We uh, have uh, four grandchildren, but 
two of our little grandchildren live up in Illinois, and uh, we Skyped with them the other night. And uh, uh, our little granddaughter, Lucy, she's three years old, and she is a talking machine now. We just watch and listen. It's, it's great. Uh, but anyway, uh, her, her great-grandma, one of her great-grandmas on her dad's side, um, got her this puzzle, and it goes out on the floor, and it's huge. It's got big puzzle pieces. And she was, watch Papa, you know, so she's putting that puzzle together, crawling around and putting every piece. And we were sitting there watching her, and I said, Lucy, can I tell you something? I said, and I know she's only three, but I was, you know, I just had to say it because we'll, we'll repeat it. How many know we have to repeat things? But I said, that's what Jesus does for us in our life. I said, he takes all these pieces. We don't know how they fit. We don't know exactly where this piece goes. I'm not, I'll, be, I'll admit with the little jigsaw, but I'm not the best at it. I, I enjoy doing it at times, but the Lord takes the pieces of our life and he takes us as his body and he forms us and he fits us together for his greater purposes. That's how he allows us and helps us to do everything in his name for his glory, to do everything in the name of the Lord, to follow what James 1.22 says, to be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. I want to say to you today, don't leave it up to the preacher to do everything. It's my responsibility to soak in the word. It's my responsibility to enter, to enter God's house expecting, ready to worship. It's my responsibility to say, yes, I'll do all things in the name of the Lord. And the preacher comes along and God's servants comes along and leaders and deacons and, and all those who serve in his congregation come along to help us grow so that we're doing what God wants us to do. And so I just want to close with this word. I challenge each one of us to be transformed by the power of the word of God, to open your heart, to receive it. I think what it does is it begins by saying every day, Lord Jesus, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to put you first. If you haven't trusted Jesus as your Savior and Lord, I want to challenge you to trust him today. In just a few moments, our brother's going to lead us in a song. And this altar will be open. There are folks here that will pray with you. I'm willing to pray with you. If you want to take a moment with the Lord, you come and do that. Let the Spirit of God do a work in your life. Don't let anything hinder you. I'm going to tell you something. If you come here with somebody, they're patient. They'll wait. They want God to do a work in your life. They want the Lord to do a mighty work. If you're a Christian here today and maybe you've allowed this world or a situation in your life to cause you to maybe be unthankful or to complain more than, than and, and, and to be unforgiving even, come and be transformed by his word. How many are thankful the Lord doesn't shame us? He rescues us. He sets us free. See, following Jesus is such a great privilege. And it's not because we have to. It becomes a, a, a season of our life where we say, Lord, I want to. But I'm going to take it up one more step and say it's because I get to. I mean, we get to follow Jesus. We get to. And I pray that's the priority of our life as we seek to serve him this day and the days that lie ahead for us. Would you pray with me today? Father God, we thank you 
We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the foundation that we stand on because of who Jesus is. Lord, may we invite the Holy Spirit to plant your word deep within our hearts. Lord, may you be our first priority each and every day. Lord, if there's someone here this morning who you know, Lord, as, as their hearts have been churning, you've been moving upon their hearts and dealing with them, and they say, I want to know Jesus. I want him to be my Lord and my master, and I want nothing to stop me from a relationship. I pray that they'd come. I pray, Lord, for Christians. Lord, we still have to fight over our flesh. Lord, if there's a situation that's so heavy, if there's something going on, or just the world events, and it's caused our spirit to be a little cynical or unthankful or unforgiving, Lord, I pray that we would come and lay those things aside and let the peace of God rule in our heart and let the word of God dwell in us richly so that we would do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, we give these remaining moments to you expecting you to do a mighty work. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.